in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the top 10 i'm john roca and i am mad nost we are back to our regularly scheduled programming my thanks to steve uh mr morris for filling in last week he did an excellent job what a guy what a guy coming in and handling business um did you enjoy did you enjoy well it was good because you were down like with this thing's been going on in la so how are you feeling now how are you feeling today uh, I'm fine. I just had uh, <clears throat> a chest cold that was pretty nothing, morph into bronchitis, Oof, and yeah. then uh, I had to go to urgent care and get a bunch of uh, antibiotics and uh, an inhaler and all that stuff, right. although the doctor said it wasn't that bad, which I agree with him. I've had much worse bronchitis, but it's still hanging around. Yeah, yeah, of course. After all this time. You just futzing with your background there? Trying yeah, to yeah, just the- trying to get I mean, I've just got a green screen the other day, so I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to use it wherever I can to get more experience with using it. But yeah, it's a there we go. It's a little bit better there. But anyway, go ahead. Yes, sorry. Well, then the the reflection off the arm of your glasses then reflects weird, the green, it? so it, that it uh, it also changes into the background. Yeah, I should mess with it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, that's the game. Now. No, no, no. Let's let's do off air stuff on there. What else you got? Look, come on. <laughs> what other go. options? Oh, oh, this is probably what you prefer. To be honest with you, me just you just there boom and i appear you thought boom there i am so there you go yeah, yeah but when you uh, x yourself out and you uh smile you look like the cheshire cat because you can <laughs> see the smile come through yeah just mess around with stuff let's 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 go to the brick wall i like that one there you go how about that one how about america matt are these all just presets yeah these are all presets yeah. what does it take a png file yeah yeah a 1280 by 720 png file um, but yeah, it, but it's dude, I mean, cause the width of the Sony ZV one is so the scope of it is so long, a six foot one didn't work. So I had to buy a 10 foot green screen and it's still on the edges. You can see where it's at. So I ended up buying a uh, stand-up desk, which I built so that, so if I need to kind of go up, oh, well, I unplugged it. Never mind. But yeah, it goes up and down. So I think that's an easier fit. And I just got a monopod. That should be coming hopefully soon so that I can back up the um, camera a little bit because I've had it attached to the desk for like almost two years. So I'm going to back up the camera a little bit, but I didn't want like three legs sticking out like that. So it conserve a little bit of space. Um, and I think that's going to be the final like configuration that's going to work for what yeah, I got but then going if- on. If your camera is a wide angle lens and you back it up, you're going to run into an even greater problem not being able to have the coverage from the green screen. Yeah, but then I can move in a little bit closer, but still keep the distance. So that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I'm trying it out. I can return it if it's not really. So do a rack focus. You really love Citizen Kane. (laughs) Again. It's the first time in podcasting right here. Some people say it's the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> you know, it's the greatest podcast ever. It's the best I've ever heard. 
Um, but yeah, but I'm glad that you're back on the mend. I see you got in the Christmas spirit over there. You got your tree behind you. Is oh, that we uh, full fucking out, dude? There are so many Christmas lights up in my house. It's it's <laughs> pretty impressive. We don't have to turn lights on at night. There's enough. Oh yeah, illumination from all the strands of lights that we've got up in various areas of our house. I'm not even joking. We don't turn on the kitchen lights because I hung strands from the ceiling in the kitchen, and we wow. got them in the back, and I've got them on the front deck. And right. fucking everywhere. I've got wow. strings of lights everywhere. I wish there were more holidays like this where you could kind of, I guess Halloween is the other, but then outside of that, like you don't do this for anything else. No, no. But I think it's because, you know, you want to blow it out. It's the end of the year. It's a whole month. You know, you can celebrate for a whole month. I don't, I don't think a lot of people celebrate Halloween for a whole month, but with no. Christmas, it feels, cause there's no, there's, no, there's like five Halloween songs get real. And whereas, you could go on Sirius right now. There's like five Christmas stations. Oh, there's a Mariah Carey only station. Yeah, that's true. Mariah Carey only station. They've got a country Christmas station. They've got a of course standard Christmas station and, and modern classics Christmas station. So you got it all to just kind of relax and enjoy. And you know what? I did the same. I, we did a version of the same because I, I we didn't decorate last year because we flew to Virginia and my girlfriend was like, no logical reason to decorate, which I kind of had an issue with, but whatever. So this year I was like, just tell me what you need. You're the decorator. I will buy it, put it up. And sure enough, I mean, I'm very happy with how she's, but we, we bought a reindeer. We bought packages, lighted packages, lighted reindeer. we got a couple of ornaments out there, like those massive big ones. And then she's put some strings up, uh, lights in the trees. And then she's hung snowflake lights above the garage. And then in here, we decorated the tree as a Liverpool tree. So it's red and white with the teal from the logo on it. So it's great. It's a lot of fun, but you know, I haven't been able to enjoy it because I've been working and doing all this stuff. So I'm taking the whole week of Christmas off so I can just fucking sit and enjoy it, enjoy the lights, watch movies, uh, do whatever the fuck I want to do, man. So um, I haven't been able to, I want to fully enjoy Christmas at least for one fucking week. Yeah. So I agree. like, it's nice to put it up in your house, the lights in your house though. We only have the, tree so to put it up through the house that's actually really cool it's kind of smart yeah um yeah did it went overboard last year because we didn't get a tree because we weren't going to be here on christmas itself right so uh decorated around and then this year we're going to be here so yeah well we already have those lights and then for some reason we had like two extra strands i don't remember from what one was burnt out so just trash that one okay but yeah dude got so many so many lights up uh, thankfully they're all led so like the actual oh, yeah. the juice that they're taking is minimal and it's not Won't like we're burning bad. through power yeah, needlessly yeah, yeah. just for festive spirit uh <laughs> yeah I, I mean i would feel guilty if they're all like incandescent yeah you'd be like this was yeah. yeah i mean it's just so much power and wow. you know, I hate the environment just as much as the next guy. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't. I mean, you know, burn it down. I'm not having kids. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, having all these LEDs, like, oh, well, the the amount of energy these things take to light is next to nothing. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it's just go. Why not? Let's get more lights. Who cares? It costs like a nickel to light this thing for a month. No problem. Um, but yeah, I've got 3000 foot strands up outside. Yeah. And then, uh, inside, let's see, one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight, Jesus. nine, ten. Ten. Wow. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Wow. So, ten is boatload of lights. <laughs> and we still got a box unopened from I don't know why we have it. Are you going to return it or are you just going to keep it? Oh, it's been yeah. sitting in our Christmas box for who knows how long. <laughs> I don't know why we got it originally. Uh, Catherine posed that question the other day. It's like, why do we have this extra box when we have all the, like, I, I don't remember buying it. So I don't know. <laughs> Someone just dropped it off, man. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Santa gave it to us one year. I, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, but yeah, you know, and then get stockings up and yeah, Christmas pillows and uh you know hand towels and all that jazz <laughs> why not man yeah get it all man i just hate sure. it because it goes halloween new year's christmas there we go pardon Let's me ha halloween thanksgiving christmas new year's and then it's fuck all for months yeah well because you don't celebrate valentine's day that's for children yeah, well yeah it's not a, it's not a real holiday it's not a whole month you know yeah it's not a real holiday as well it's not yeah um it's a bullshit holiday yeah, I so, really don't care about any holidays anymore except for Christmas. Like, I really don't like even Thanksgiving. Remember, I, I just you know I hung out by myself all day. No big deal. Like, I just I don't care about those things other than Christmas. I just like the feeling like you know it's the end of the year. It's like the Sunday of the year. The entire month, the entire month of December is like the Sunday of the year. You get to fucking relax, chill out a little bit, not as stressed, um, and you want to listen to some music. And people seem nicer, although if you're shopping oh. for shit, not so much. But if they, when you're hanging out, like walking around, they seem a little cooler. Right? So, yeah, I can't. When was the last time you actually went in person shopping for something like in a busy time? I I yeah. couldn't tell you the last time I did it. Everything's online now, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we don't have, have to deal with that. Our area is not too crazy, so like we went to at home. That's the place we, we bought all the lights and all the decorations from that place. But it was like you know, it was like. 20 people in the store in the store. Yeah, it's a normal day for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's not like you're hitting up some department store when they're having, or, you yeah. know, some big box store when they're having a huge sale on something just to draw people, you know, into it to get right. them to buy other stuff, which I haven't done Yeah, in forever. The closer you get to downtown, the crazier it gets for sure. So that's why we stay all the way out here, man. It's better. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, Fashion Valley, you don't go to. Oh, yeah, no, no. Only for screenings. Only for screenings do I go to Fashion Valley or Mission Valley. Yeah, Mission Valley. Yeah. The worst one is Reading Square. Town Center Cinemas at Reading Square. Oof. Where is that? Off to 52. It's okay. off. Do you remember the 52? It's like one of yeah. those areas off the 52, and it's it's got a, a fucking Chili's and a Krispy Kreme and a Ross, and you get inside the theater. There's only one good theater in that entire theater, and they rarely show the screenings in that theater. So I imagine they say that for the premiere ticket to uh, uh, people. So, um, but you know, it, you deal with it cause it's, you get to see something early. So, um, but it's, it's the worst one. I don't mind fashion Valley. I don't mind mission Valley. Yeah. They're good theaters. I liked uh, arc light in, uh, uh, La Jolla right off the five there, but I yeah. don't know what's going on with that theater. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. We've done the T the, uh, what's it? The, um, the THC theaters over in La Jolla. That's a nice theater as well. That's yeah, a I don't really know nice if I know theater. that one. Yeah, it's a the good art house movie. one down in uh, uh, oh, yeah, downtown ish. Hmm. Um, 
the uh, the West Hollywood of, of oh, San Diego yes. Hillcrest Cinemas. Hillcrest. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Those are nice, actually. The leather seats, the spaciousness of them. I'm all yeah. right with that. Yeah. Plus, you'll see movies that don't play anywhere else. Yes, in town. you're right. 100. Yeah, percent yeah, yeah. yeah. So if right. I miss a screening like for one of those, I find my way over to Hillcrest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw like the Diving Bell and the Butterfly there and mm. a bunch of other random small movies that just weren't playing anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, I saw that Sean Penn Flag Day film there. And there wasn't many other places it was selling. It's a show. Well, it, don't you think there's a reason for that? Yeah, it was not a good movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, when Sean Penn is the brain trust behind it, I'm not sure if that's going to be a good movie. Casting his daughter as a lead. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah she could be great. Yeah, I don't know. Not from she what could. I saw, not in that movie. Well, maybe he can't get the get anything out of her. You know what I mean? He can't give her proper direction oh, yeah, because it's his right. daughter. Yeah, you're right. He directed it, didn't it? I totally forgot if he directed it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's hard to give her notes of like, hey, you know, trying to. He just sees that it's amazing because he's blinded. <laughs> Whatever, Dad. You punched Madonna. Whatever, Dad. <laughs> just bringing up old shit the whole time. Um. Yeah, there's another theater. Uh, as well, an AMC one that I think is nice, like connected to a Trader Joe's. That's also, in, I think, La Jolla as well, but in a different area of La Jolla. Hmm. That's a nice one. You kind of go into the mall and down. You can literally park right in front of the theater, which is great. Um, and you just go down and and, and watch the thing. Most of those uh, theaters in there are pretty cool, too. For an AMC, it's pretty cool. So Nice. Um, but yeah, that's my life. There you go. Great, great trip down the lane. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating. I mean, this will come out right before uh, right. Christmas itself. Right. Yes. Um, um, I don't know when Hanukkah is this year. Uh, it's after Christmas, I believe, because our our um, the lady who cleans our house, she's Israeli. She's uh, talked about Hanukkah the last time she was here, and I think she said like it's after Christmas this year, so there's a little bit of frustration she says from some of her kids who are like, you know, how come all the other kids are getting stuff and we're not going to get stuff until later. So it's a whole thing, uh, but I don't get involved. You know, it's, it's everybody's life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know what other celebrations happen. Kwanzaa this time of year, Kwanzaa. But then I don't know if there's uh, one in Islam. Oh, right. I don't know. Yeah. Good. You would assume they would have something around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time of year, but I, I don't know. Um, so whatever you're celebrating out there, hopefully you have a good holiday. I just, <laughs> you walked out in that minefield. I like it. Then you slowly walk right on out. I well, I'm just saying, I, I, you know, teach their own. Yeah, have course, fun. Enjoy course. your holidays. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't get uh, drunk and drive. Yeah, uh, please do not do that. Um, but uh, speaking of holidays, Matt, how can we not talk about this? Your thoughts on the Henry Cavill situation? He might not be having the best of holidays. James uh, got Henry Cavill thoughts on this. He's not. And technically for today's show, I'm Steve Morris. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry about nope, that. Nope. Leave Sorry it. About- I no, like no, it. It's no almost way. like a Star Trek font. It's like a Star Trek font. No, no, no. Oh. No way. No, no. It, it, yeah, look, the writing was on the wall. Sorry. He was not so. long for this DC world, and we all knew it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, comes back for Black Adam and you're like, eh, but then they also didn't. It's it's like when an athlete doesn't have an extension on their contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, maybe, maybe, or a coach or something. Just like, you're kind of a lame duck, you know, proved us that you're worth it. And then had Black Adam done $2 billion, Oh, this would be a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because right now, you know, uh, uh, 
Zach Levy is yeah. basically taking a flamethrower to Hollywood. Just like, if I'm not in the next Shazam, I love that his threat is we're no longer friends. His, it, that was so weird to essentially perform professional blackmail. Yeah. And emotional blackmail on a guy who's like, he doesn't have enough to deal with. You got to throw this on top of this log on top of the fire that like your friendship is at stake. Like what is wrong with you? Like, I thought it was such a weird thing to say, because you have no idea what it's like to run an entire fucking franchise. And the last thing you want is one of your friends to be threatening you with your friendship as you're like, I got so many plates that are spinning here. Why the fuck would you want to add another plate for me to spin, man? Why don't you just chill out? And then boom, you know, the, the, he started out saying the right thing, you know, you know, I've been, uh, you know, been a fan of Peter, been a fan of, uh, of uh, James and all this kind of thing. And we'll see what happens. That's the answer. That's all you say. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I hope we continue doing Shazam. I love doing it. But when, but when he veered into that, that shows that you think that position is weak. That's what I think. No one be pulling that shit on Feige. No one would pull that shit on. Well, Feige. maybe, maybe early on in Feige's tenure, I don't know. but not, not once he's established, but at the same time, it's like, honestly, dude, your fate rests entirely with how the next movie does. Yeah, exactly. If if <sighs> if it even comes out, though, Matt, that's the thing when we're looking at this is like, oh, it's true. If they reset the universe, if they reset the universe, you might as well fucking do it all now. Why wait around and do lame duck movies that you know aren't going to be lining up with your universe? It doesn't make sense. And maybe that's why Levi pulled that card because he'd been hearing the rumbles behind the scenes because. By the time it gets to the trades and the sources and all that shit, it's been talked about for a while. So it may have gotten to him by by his own people that they are looking at killing the Shazam movie or doing whatever with it, possibly, and considering taking the loss. Um, and so maybe he felt the need to say that kind of stuff as kind of a show a stance, you know. But in the end, I would not be surprised if he cut the Shazam movie and the Aquaman movie because fans are going to know that they're lame duck movies. I think at this point, if Gunn doesn't come out and say, this is the universe, I don't think people are going to go see these movies in the numbers that they would have been before. Um, because look at uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Nobody went to see that fucking movie. Or New Mutants. Nobody went to see those movies because, <laughs> A, because they weren't good, but also B, because they weren't connected to anything that was going to keep continuing. So why bother? Well, you know? Dark Phoenix, we knew, was yes. DOA for the franchise yeah it's like this is the end everybody's sick of it jennifer lawrence is basically talked her way out of even if you do sequels i'm out yeah she's like kill me off here please yeah it's because her role became less and less over time but she's too big for it too yeah she's not an ensemble she's the lead Well, i mean had they made her the entire focus i think Mm. she would have come back but because it's part of an ensemble and your lesser character in this ensemble like i i understand entirely why she's like i'm i'm good this, yeah. I'm done. Uh, like Zoe said the other day, like, I don't, uh, I'm getting tired of doing all these franchises. She's not saying she don't want to do them. She's just tired because she wants to spread her wings as an actress. That being said, you know, those, those things make money. So she's, you know, collecting her paycheck for God's sakes, but she has this, you know, desire to do more. If Jennifer Lawrence, same situation. If those money movies have been making billions of dollars and she was the focus, it wouldn't have been an issue for her. To yeah. Get to. yeah. It was like hunger games. Yeah. Yeah. The reason she made what are there five of those? Yeah, I think so. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they split the last one into two into movies. two parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I never saw. <laughs> I I the second movie was basically the first movie. Yeah. Just slight alterations, and I was like, oh, so this is what we're gonna do. 
Yeah, I think that's I've why never, I've never seen Hangover 3 because I'm like, I saw the first two, man. They were the same fucking movie. So I don't want to see a third one. It's the same fucking movie. So. Well, the third one is the first one. The second one at oh. least tried to change things up a little bit, but the third one is the first one. Is it really? Oh, okay. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. So if gonna... memory serves, I haven't seen it in forever. <laughs> and I don't intend on. If I watch any of those, it'll be the first one. But yeah. I don't even know if I'll watch that. Yeah. Maybe scenes from it. Yeah, scenes I'm more than happy to go f- back for, but the whole thing I I can't I can't imagine doing it anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Speaking uh, of, I, ca- I got to catch up on some of these Oscar movies this week, so I'll be or next week, so I'll be watching a lot of those too. I yeah, I need to do the same. There's, although I'm not that jazzed about quite a few of them. Yeah. So far, I've been slightly underwhelmed with what I've seen so far this year. Mm-hmm. Like an end of year what we normally do in January at some point, oh, yeah. our favorites of the year. We should do that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, oh man, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, can I get to 10 right now? Wow. Well, it's just like, I, I'm stretching for those last few where I think the movie's good, but it's not great. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. I've got favorites to watch tar to watch. I'm not, I'm dreading watching tar like big time. Yeah. I got to see tar. Yeah. Fableman's I'm fine if I don't see it right now, but I will see it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Avatar, I have no oh, desire to see whatsoever. So good, dude. I, and I didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. This is really good. It's I'll three hours it. and 12 minutes. It is. It is. You're fucking kidding me with that? Three hours I mean, and 12 minutes. I mean, 12 minutes of it is, 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 is credits, but yes. But then there's no post credit scene, so you don't have to stick around. But yeah, three hours of movie for sure yeah that's too much <laughs> it's too much in game is that because it, there's 20 some odd movies leading up to it this right. is just jimmy going well you know i got seven more of these and i've been working on this for over a decade so yeah i don't know if you need three hours, but i haven't seen it mm. i've already had numerous people like how oh, are you going have you seen i, I could give a shit about avatar I saw the first one once in the theater. I've never seen it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I've I've only seen it three times in my life. In that first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's fine." Uh, And then I watched it on a date with somebody, and then just before I went to go see it for the screening because I hadn't seen it in forever, I watched it on Disney Plus just to kind of. And I was like working on stuff and answering emails and building thumbnails and shit for other stuff. So I wasn't. I was just. I had it on. You know, mm-hmm. and so I had the headphones on so I could listen to the dialogue, but I was working on a bunch of other shit. And in the end, it's it's just not that for me, it's not that interesting of a film other yeah. than the technology. It's Fern Gully meets aliens, there's your right. movie done. Right, right. But this um, time this one felt a little um a much more interesting, and the technology was fascinating. And I thought he worked I thought the story and the script were much better written. And worked into the film itself. Um, and that's what drew me to the film more than anything else. Uh, technology is always great. I mean, Transformers, you know, I love this. They're, they're fun. Yeah. But like the story has got to hook me for me to really like, I mean, care about the movie. And the story did. So which the first one didn't do that for me at all. I mean, the first one was, I saw it in 3D and it's probably the only 3D movie that's ever worked mm. that consistently over the course of an entire movie for me. So there's something we said where that's the only thing potentially going to get me out to the theater is if I'm going to see this, I need to see it in the full spectacle it was intended for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're going to lose a bunch of that on the transfer to any kind of you know digital platform. Yeah, I'm gonna try to see it in Screen X. I want to see the 
kind of presentation there. We'll see. You think there's a 4D and they scorch you with water and shit? You know, like Muppet style? There should be. Jimmy Cameron's uh, hooked up with Disney. They've got that old Muppets uh, 4D screen set what's up. That, what's that a 1980s film where they punch and they hit you in the nose when you were oh, in the I don't remember. Day. There was a... A 1980s film? What did it like shoot air at your face or something? No, no, no. There was a film in the 1980s, and the guy, the, the two characters are fighting in the theater. They stumble into the theater, the fighting in the theater, and one of them punches and hits a woman who's wearing 3D glasses, and or hits the dude oh. who's wearing 3D glasses, and he says, "Wow, this 3D is lifelike. It's so lifelike." So yeah, it yeah. sounds like a Naked Gun movie. Uh, but... Probably was Naked Gun. Yeah, this 3D I is mean, so lifelike. It's clearly not the first one. Um. I'd have to rack my brain about two and a half and three and a third. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's been a long time. I'll, I'll happily watch the first one right now. Oh, yeah. The yeah. others, I don't know if I'll ever see those ever again. Um, yeah. I'm looking it up real quick. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it'll come through. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure it won't come through. Yeah. Anyway. Last question before we jump into the show, because we're already at 25 it. minutes. Oh, shit. Let's go. Let's go. Um, who you got for the final in the World Cup? I mean, Sunday, seven in the morning. It's France, absolutely. I think they're a juggernaut. Uh, as as great they as are. Messi is, I just think France is a juggernaut. Man, they they just are so talented from top to bottom. I had a feeling they were going to beat England, you know, because when I did the watch along, the first thing I said was England has got a bunch of great players at every position, but France has a better team, and I think the same thing. I thought the same thing when they beat Morocco. They slowly suffocated Morocco. It was it was like watching someone just kind of yeah. Morocco out. kept it was almost like watching uh, us play our final game. You're getting pressure on, but yeah. you're not getting any good shots on this. No, no, no. Right, exactly. They they weren't as futile an effort as we were. Like mm. we kept crossing it into no one. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting the ball in deep, but then you just blow. Yeah. Or you take a an unfounded kick into four defenders it's like yeah technically that's a shot on goal yeah but it means nothing yeah yeah it's not a quality one uh and our but, goal I mean, was a fluke our goal was a fluke and a half so yeah, yeah a little bit a little bit i just it, i hate that mbappe plays on france because they've got like 10 dudes that need to be punched in the face <laughs> they're french that's kind of i know scary. but they're like it's that game against morocco man they were <laughs> jerk like they're up too low yeah. and i yeah. At one point, there's a side out, and the guy grabs the ball and just starts like walking away with it to waste time. And you're like, dude, you're up two. Fucking give him the ball. And then he throws it like behind him yeah. and then acts like, what? Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, yeah. oh, dude, somebody needs to punch this dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the Gir- is it Giroud? No the Argentinians is no better. Giroud? They went after the referee. They went after their. Uh, I know. That was coach. weak. I mean, he did lose. He did lose control of that game. Yeah. Oh, the ref? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I liked him previously because the U.S. had him. Yeah, yeah. He was a good ref for us. Yeah, I thought it was. It was just like not getting heavy on the yellow cards, which we had faced in a previous game, and just like letting the guys play and and taking kind of a hands-off approach. I appreciated that. He did let the game get away from him. But, yeah, Messi and Argentina did complain and got that ref kicked out of the rest of the the tournament. Well, it was ridiculous because, you know, Messi should have gotten a yellow card for that handball at midfield. And mm-hmm. that son of a bitch, Paredes, should have been kicked out of the game for kicking the ball at the bench of the opposing team. Yeah, I couldn't believe he did nothing 
for that. Nothing. We got a yellow. That's it. You, that's an ejection. We got a yellow for the tournament. foul before that. Oh, not yeah. even for the kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he fouled the guy before and then kicks the ball straight into the opponent's bench. And you're yeah. like, dude, this guy's going to be tossed. What is this? This, to me, is like, what is happening here? And I think they I think they should have uh, ejected him from the game and suspended him for the, for the tournament. Because that's you're essentially yes, no one was sitting there because they'd all gotten up to protest the foul you had just done. Um, but you kicking the ball, I mean, they're not even like in the direction in a somewhat of a how a softer kick as a kind of fuck with you. You lasered that ball at the bench, the opposing bench, and I think that's a, a, a an act of aggression, an attack, unwarranted, and so that should be a red card, and he should have been gone for the tournament. So, and I'm I was cheering for Argentina, so. Yeah. Uh, it's just that happened, and I was like, ah, you know, and that's they're all bleeding that down from Messi because Messi is like, I'm gonna, we, I'm gonna win the World Cup, and I just think France is gonna slowly kick the shit out of them as the game progresses. Yeah, I'm really, pulling for, I'm pulling for Argentina. You are okay. We'll see what happens. France that's just our, won. Yeah, and they're it's acting so, like so, dicks. They just won the last one. You know, spread the love around. I was pulling for the Croats or the Moroccans. Technically, oh, I see. I see. If the Bears uh, had won a second, would you be like, oh, you know what? That's, that's totally different because that's my team. <laughs> oh, I see. So from the outside, you're like. Yeah, from the outside looking in, I would rather see somebody else win. Not, none of these are my team. Mm-hmm. If it was the U.S., then, yeah, I'd like to win every year. That, who knows right. if that's ever going to happen in my lifetime. But Right, we'll see. Um, But, yeah, I don't have a dog in the fight, so I'd just rather see something different. Plus, That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I think they'll repeat. I just think, but I think yeah, they gonna, they look too strong. Yeah, but it's going to be a hellacious game. Like I think the, as the, as the time is starting to run out, if the Argentinians are losing, there's going to be some real rough fouls, some rough moments. They're going to try to unsettle the French mentally. I mean, because Holland coming back with those two goals that fucked the Argentinians up mentally, man. Like they were. Oh, dude, I thought the game was over. I thought yeah. I thought they were going to win. Like yeah. Holland. Me too. When they scored that last set, like with 30 seconds left in the game, it's like, oh, it's over. Because then they show the benches at the close of regulation. Yeah. They're going banana times. Argentina's pissed. I mean, just pissed. Uh, And I was like, oh, this is over. But then that goalie made two fantastic saves. Oh, it was incredible. He mentally mentally outfoxed them and totally threw that shootout. So, Um, All right. Well, anyway. We're here to talk about uh, the top 10 films um, from old Hollywood in honor of Babylon. But we made a little bit of an adjustment here, right, Matt? What was the adjustment that you proposed? Please let the fans know. Yeah, uh, it's not quite old Hollywood, just older Hollywood. Older Hollywood, yes. Uh, In that if a movie is made today, basically we just ask that it be set three decades or more earlier in its Mm -hmm. timeline of the movie itself. Yeah. So it can be shot today. Just give us something from a previous era. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way we could open up and, and have discussions about all kinds of different uh, films as opposed to things specifically set in like the 20s, 30s, 40s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that that was it. Just, just let's just say we randomly selected 30 years because that seems like a safe enough distance. Yeah. Because um, anybody making that movie more than likely was either very young or not even born yet as they're doing this. Yeah. It actually had me eliminate one of the ones that I thought was going to be on the list in the long run. Cause it, it didn't fall into the 30 year window. What was it? 
Sunset Boulevard because yep. that is occurring in real time uh, as it's being shot. And they're only referencing old Hollywood. It's not set in old Hollywood. So um, I had to kind of take that one off when I thought about it more. And I was like, oh, shit. Wow. So good little challenge. Yeah, I've got one that's kind of skirting the line. I think of it's course. like, of course. well, 29 years ish, something along those lines. Like it's, it's, this was your role, man. And I, because well, I, 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 I don't think there's definitive, <laughs> I don't think there's definitive timelines technically in the movie. Oh, okay. That helps. So it's talking about it shot yeah. 30 ish years after they made the the anyway, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. And I'll say this oh, yeah. just to kind of preface a couple of choices on my list. Uh older Hollywood, old Hollywood does not mean only films. So I just want to make sure that's clear because Hollywood existed on TV and films. So that's, oh sure, that's sure. I was making. I was uh, looking through. So, yeah, and I have one that might be questionable. If you want to kick it off, that's fine. Okay, all right. Hey, I want to grab a diet coke. Can you tell people what the show's all about? And I'll be right back in like ten seconds. Sure, Excellent. go for it. Uh, we set a topic like this one for Babylon. We go our separate ways and create individual top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 lists, we create these shows between the two of us. There we go. I'll get the full, uh, what is that, like a 20-ouncer? Yeah. I needed to live, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's... Yep, nectar of the gods right there. I love Diet Coke, don't get me wrong, but just like the the idea that I need to live by putting that shit in my body, uh, those words never cross my mouth. I love Diet Coke, though. Uh, yeah, I got to have it, man. I got to have it. I'm yeah. not I can't drink regular Coke now. It's too, I don't know, oh, yeah. it's too sweet. It's too, too I like it. Yeah, I like the artificiality of the Diet Coke. Yeah, I'm not like Kalinowski. He drinks four or five cans a day. He's out of yeah, control. Yeah, no, that's too much for me. When he comes to Comic-Con, he brings two 24-packs for himself, and he leaves one chilled overnight, every night in ice, so he wakes up to a nice cold Diet Coke in the morning. Essentially, so it's coffee. Have, yeah, I was going to say, instead of having coffee in the morning, he has Diet yeah. Coke? Yeah, he does. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, to each their own. Oh. I think that's a lot of Diet Coke. It is. It's a lot of fucking Diet Coke. It is a lot of Diet Coke, for God's sake. Yeah, every day? That can't be good for you, but at the same time, like if it works for him, they, you hear those stories. Like, there's the guy that ate a Big Mac every day for 50 years or something. Yeah, yeah. And he lived until ripe old age of who knows how old, but old as shit. It's like, hey, look, yeah. if it works for your body, then so be it. One of my friend's aunts, she's super skinny. She eats a gallon of ice cream a day. Yeah, and she's in her like late 60s. It's incredible. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, if it works, if it works for you, then. Yeah. Who am I to tell you that it doesn't? But I think that would crush me after <laughs> a few years. Ditto, four, ditto. four or five cans a day? I know. They're going to crack him open one day and it's just going to be salt, uh, sugar crystals inside of his body. That's all it's, that was in yeah. That's it. The calcium in his bones is replaced with aspartame. <laughs> yeah. It's just. <laughs> it was a nice run, wasn't it, Cal? <laughs> yeah, man. It was a nice run. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so you know, they make those kiss coffins and shit like that. We'll get them a diet coke one, and it's, it's like <laughs> a can, and you can just open 
Maybe it's a pull tab and you slide them in and then you close the pull tab and you drop maybe them into time, the garage. Maybe, maybe every time it opens, it makes that sound. Open little, yeah, sure. Every time it opens, as if we open caskets a lot, like that's a common occurrence. That'd be fun, though, at the wake. Hey, you guys want to hear the sound again? Hold on. Hold on. Mike doesn't give a shit. He loved this sound. Look at that. There he is. Yeah, he's still dead as shit. But anyway, oh, this is fun. I would do it all through the wake. I would do it all through the wake. Uh, it sounds like a rejected Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> all through the wake. Come on, the wake. Come on. Fred says uh, even that's a line too far for him. What? Uh, Come on. Well, now that he's an esteemed director, I understand. <laughs> esteemed director. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, remember chocolate starfish? We don't talk about chocolate starfish. Oh, okay. All right. Just want to make sure. I uh, I can thankfully say that I've never heard anything outside of whatever's played on the radio. Never listened to an album. Never. Not sure that I'm friends with anybody that owned those albums. Thank oh, God. Well, not the albums, maybe. Oh, anyway. yeah. I, I knew people that enjoyed <laughs> some of the songs. They were huge hits. They were massive. They were Yeah, massive. late 90s. Like that one that he did with the uh, Method Man and Red Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a huge hit. That's why I enjoyed that uh, documentary they did on Woodstock 99, the one that was on Netflix, the three-parter, mm. super intense documentary. And then they really go in on Limp Bizkit and the set they did and how it kind of like was the igniting or what yeah, they call it. The catalyst. Incident. Yeah, the catalyst <clears throat> for them, like turning everything and setting everything on fire um, because the organizers had told Limp Bizkit to turn it down, like to turn down the emotion and the hype and all of that but they did the quite the opposite and, and Fred, so we're fucking, we're limp fucking biscuit yeah, yeah exactly so we're here to crush fascinating doc though i'd say that the hbo one was good but it was only 90 minutes this one was six hours it really dove into all the stuff so if you guys are into the woodstock 99 mm -hmm. stuff it's definitely a good doc to watch um anyway let's get to the list god damn it with 37 minutes in a fucking movie do you want to just talk and then we'll just do our list i don't know what do you want to do but 37 minutes into the show is that what you want to do? Would you prefer to do that? I'm fine with that. That's fine. It's it's our holiday gift to ourselves. Hey, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. All right, fair enough. We'll spend the last uh, few minutes going over our list. We'll just uh, shoot the shit. We are 37 minutes in. I'm saying. I'm just saying. Or else we power through our lists. What do you feel like doing? Uh, I I I'm indifferent to, to both. Yeah. If if we're going to continue down this uh, talking path, throw a topic on the table. Otherwise, we Ooh. should. Uh, I don't know. We should move on. I mean, I don't know how much more mileage we can get out of uh, Kalinowski's Diet Coke. Coffee, <laughs> we could also get him on the horn, see if he wants to join the stream, see if he'd be Holy interested. Shit, that would be hilarious. I mean, I think we'd have to get on the phone now and start talking to Coke and see if they, A, they have a problem with this. Oh, that's true. I, you know, technically, I don't think they can stop you. Is there a Diet Coke coffin that you can get? I don't think there is. There's no way. There's no way there's a Diet Coke coffin. <laughs> Look, dude. You have NFTs now. There's, there's not. I'll bet my life on there is not a Diet Coke coffin. And if there is, then you can fucking bury me in it. Even though I'm going to be cremated. Matt Nost. Matt Nost. That's a, that's a specialty item that was made as a one-off. And plus, that's not a can. I was thinking can. Oh, yeah, yeah, not bottle. <laughs> not bottle. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, I brought up a picture on Flickr of a may, of a specially made coffin that is in the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle. Yeah. 
And goddamn, if it doesn't look good, it works. It totally What does it say? Uh, custom coffin are made to comply with what? Oh, where does it say that on there? Oh, okay. Oh, oh no. yeah. Custom coffins are made to comply with the deceased specifications or orders. Here shown on display is a Coca-Cola bottle design available to all comers willing to pay for their order in Ghana. This is Ghana here. Emilio Labrador. So there you go. Yeah. Well, Coca-Cola coffin. Jesus. Yeah. First off, I'm talking about American coffins. Oh, okay? I'm sorry. I apologize. You're right. An American coffin. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's uh, part of the culture, just having customized coffins like that. Oh, I don't know. Can, who can afford customized coffins in Ghana? Isn't Ghana like a tough place to exist? I don't know. Isn't I think they're pretty well off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's the inside of it. If we're, as we're looking at it here. Yeah, there you go. Nice lining, nice purple lining, nice felt velvet inside. Oh, it all looks good, man. It's it's done done and done. Pepsi. Pepsi's probably mad about this. Pepsi's probably mad about this. Get to it. So well, you don't want to look up and see if there's a Pepsi coffin because Oh my God. Could there be a Pepsi coffin? I prefer I mean, Pepsi over Coke, so I would I don't mind getting buried. Oh, oh, not even close, dude. Pepsi's gross. Oh, you're insane. Pepsi is gross. And Diet Pepsi is absolutely disgusting. Now, Diet Pepsi, yes, I agree with you. Diet Pepsi is a no-go. Uh, I agree. But I do like yeah. Pepsi over Coke, straight up. They just add like 10 times more artificial sweeteners than everybody else to try and replicate their sweetness of the drink itself. But Pepsi, Coke is, even though I don't drink either, I never liked Pepsi as a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's also, too, I grew up on Coke. So it yes, does alter, right. you know... Uh, but when new stuff gets introduced, like I'm still a Mountain Dew fan to this day, and that's a Pepsi product. Well, yeah, true. Oh, I can't do and Mountain Dew at all. Fuck. Mellow Yellow is gross. It's like drinking melted sugar. Do you no. gotta you gotta get hip to the diet Mountain Dew? It's it's the shit. Oh my god, I it's so perfect. good. This is one I'm gonna bury you in. Not that I'll have a say, but I mean the Nike coffin because your obsession with shoes. It's a perfect. I love my obsession with shoes. I've never once brought up shoes. It's always you bringing up the shoes. I've never once started a discussion with, you know what new sneakers I bought or what release <laughs> I'm excited for? Look at these I, kicks. <laughs> I actually haven't bought a new pair of shoes in uh, technically like two years. Really? Holy shit, Matt. <laughs> eh, it's just I don't, I, I don't need any more. That's fair. That's fair. I've got plenty. I've technically <laughs> bought a pair of everyday shoes. Oh yeah, but okay, okay. My my last pair of everyday shoes lasted seven years, and then they're just toast. So I finally just got a replacement pair of everyday shoes. I think the worst that happened to me was that um, I found out that one of my my girlfriend's my how is it my girlfriend's cousin's wife works for Nike, and she gets me fifty percent off whatever I want. So if I'm like flipping around and I see a Nike pair of Nikes I like. But I had to stop. I bought six pairs over the last year and a half, and so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm not buying anymore. That's enough because I, I don't even wear all six all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you, I've got the everyday Nikes that are reserved for the you know drive to the mall or drive to the Target or whatever. Those are the Nikes. Then I've got the walk, the hiking Nikes, mm -hmm. the working out Nikes, the wear with my jeans to go out red Nikes. I got my Florida State Nikes. Sure. And then I've got a nice like blue, a nice white and blue combo that I wear for the You seem you seem like an Air Max 270 guy. You got any Air Max 270s? 
I don't know. Those are outlandish. Those are outlandish. How are those outlandish? Air Max 270s? Aren't those those big ones that are like with the massive uh, ankle ones? Good. No, I don't oh, even know no, what you're oh, describing. Nice. No, I don't like the because I, I'm not a fan of the of the air and the heel and the, the body. big. I, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not a fan of the Air Max. Yeah, 270s a marriage between not going full Air Max, and that's true. Uh, so you got the regular Phylon midsole or whatever the the front is, and then yeah. you have the 270 degrees of Air Max around it. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I don't like the style of them. I've never bought them, but um, I know a few people that are big into them. I have the 39s. That's the new one that's out. The Air Max 30. Is it Air Max 39? I can't remember what it's called, but I know it's the 39. Put it up on the screen. <laughs> no, but like, I feel bad because our podcast listeners are probably like, what the fuck? We can't join along. Pegasus 39s. That's what oh, I, sure. Yeah. Sure. I like my Pegasus. Wow. They've dropped the prices on these to big time. Holy fuck. Oh, wow. I mean, I got them still cheaper with her, but like they've dropped the prices mad. Like they usually $130, uh, but now they're at like 70 something here. Let me bring it up. Yeah, it means they're not selling. It must be, right? Like this nice red pair. I like this red one. If it comes up here. Yeah, it looks, mm-hmm. this is a pretty cool red. But the one I have, I have this one. Uh and I don't know if I've got oh yeah, and the and the blue one, which is nice. So I have those two to enjoy uh for some of the stuff I wear, but yeah. Um, but there you go. Anyway, wh- well, why are we on this, man? This is not a subject that's interesting to people, do you think? I don't well, because you started with coffins and oh then sorry about that. We segued into your Nike coffin. Into this. What about uh what about you with Cavill? Because you never gave your opinion. Oh yeah. Do you think well, he goes I- back to the Witcher? I think it's possible. I said that I, you know, I posted my video today uh, about it. I cut, I did a live video for like an hour last night as we're recording this. And then I cut down the hour to about 12 minutes, 11 minutes. Cause people like sometimes don't want to sit down and watch an hour stuff. Uh, and put up, and I said that I was, as I was editing, I, I just, cause sometimes you go live, you start talking, you don't remember the things you say. So I was cutting it. And I, was, and I said that I was talking about the Witcher and I'm like, if I was Liam Hemsworth, I would be looking over my shoulder because yeah, there's a real possibility that they just go, you know what? You know what, Liam? Ah. Exactly. We haven't shot anything yet. The fans really love Cavill. Yeah. He's wide open now. We might even be able to do like a season plus a movie. Yeah. Or something oh, yeah. Like. Good point. A movie too. Yes. Yeah. A series throw it out there. Of movies probably. Yeah. Exactly. He has enough appeal that we could get this up off the ground and maybe do some box office numbers doing right. a Witcher whereas, movie. Whereas Liam was going to be a caretaker for that role at best because I'm sorry, but the, you don't compare Liam is is a fine actor. I liked him. I like him as an actor, but he don't compare to Cavill. Cavill's presence and energy. It's it's a whole other ball game. So I yeah, if I was Liam, I'd be, you know, calling the executive producer, go, hey, are we still cool? Like oh yeah, doing it for Christmas. Uh want to come over, you know. Yeah, pull um, the levy. Uh, are we gonna be fucking friends or not? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to take a flamethrower to this friendship. Okay, easy there, guy. Easy there, guy. He could be like, uh, um, what's his face? Jay Leno putting the cup, the glass to the wall to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, the late, late shift. Show. Yeah, the late shift. God, that movie is good. Oh, dude, I know. I, I know they bash it, but I love that movie. That movie is who so Leno good. and Letterman. Of course yeah, they do. Leno and Letterman. <laughs> yeah, they, they all say it's bullshit, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Well, I think. 
Letterman is closer to to real life. Yeah. Jay is still caricature. Yeah, setting his face on fire. The son of a bitch. Poor guy. Yeah, play. Thankfully, you know he's out and yeah, yeah, doing uh, seemingly well. I saw pictures of him on uh, his release from the hospital. So I, I, I never hear anything negative about him, Matt. Like never. I mean, people bash his jokes. He steals jokes or whatever, or he's like a safe comic but motherfucker works and he and look the fact that he was performing the show and then flying out to do stand-up and you might say to yourself if you're up and coming person like the fuck he's taking the spot or he's pushing me he's back. not taking a spot but he's not he's jay you know yeah what yeah. he's doing you wouldn't have access to so he's not taking a spot oh wow okay right where oh, i see what you're saying because he's yeah essentially headlining so you're you're yeah yeah, yeah well he's not it's just like if he's doing now, when he does, he does comedy and magic here in town quite a bit. Oh, really? Hermosa Beach. Still. Okay. I, I don't know about still, but okay. when he had like his show, he'd go down to comedy magic. Technically, you could say, well, he's taking a spot there. But in reality, he's not. Because if he's yeah. he's not there, then the club's lesser for it. So you're lucky to be on right. the show with him. And then every once in a while, he'd pop in at the improv. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, was- he was a store guy for a long time, but I'm pretty sure he's persona non grata. Oh, there really? for the past like 30 some odd years well, he crossed mitzi during the strikes oh uh from the you can read a book about it called i'm dying up here if you really want to okay is that um, what the, the show was based on the kind of okay 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 a little bit they took inspiration from it but it was um centered around like there's a guy that killed himself jumped off the andas what is now right. the andas because yeah. he no longer was getting spots, but there was a a strike because she was basically not paying anybody, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Look at this! The, the showroom was full every night." Yeah, we know you're doing incredible numbers. You're telling me you can't give all the comics a couple bucks, and her rationale was, "Well, this is basically a school for you, and you go make your money on the road yeah, you once you've it. gotten your, you know, you've earned your degree, so to speak." Yeah, uh, which. I can understand what she's saying. I still think it's a fallacy. Yeah. yeah. But then comics uh, struck against her, and then some comics crossed the line and others didn't. But those that were part of the strike, she held a grudge against the vast majority of them. Some she came wow. back to over time, like Letterman and a couple other guys. But yeah. a bunch, she was just like, you're dead to me. Wow. And I don't ever want to fucking see you again. And you're like, dude, all over paying comics a total of $200 a night, like not each person gets 200 splitting like 200 bucks right. for all the comics. They're right. all getting like 20 bucks a set or 15 bucks a set. It's like, that's really, really you're going to, you're generating thousands of dollars. You can't shell out anything for, um, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. Leno's not taking spots. I think right. guys don't like him for, Various reasons, but yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be a relatively nice guy. Yeah, that's takes all jealousy, right? Because he does. If he's a relatively nice guy, then you know, what's not to like? You know, but you know, people get mad. It's a tough. I mean, I can't imagine. Like, <clears throat> you know, you're in it. I can't imagine the swings of all of that. You know, because you just never know who's going to be the one that kind of ascends out of nowhere. And so it just seems it's like kind of crazy to, to navigate all of that with those with the comics. So, you know, I mean, the ones that make it to the upper, upper tier, most of them are justified. Every once again, there's one where like, I still don't get it. I don't understand. But the vast majority that yeah. make it to. Household name ish. Yeah. 
they're genuinely funny. Even if you don't like them, it's impossible to deny. But there's so many now that get the specials on Netflix. And yeah, it's, it's rendered it meaningless. <clears throat> yeah, because it used to be that's how you disseminated who are the ones I needed to be aware of. Yeah. And now it's like everybody gets a fucking special. You know? so you just and technically, an Amazon special means even less because <laughs> anyone can technically put an Amazon special up. That's true. Yeah. Now, there are some that Am- Amazon has branded and whatnot. Yeah, like Jimmy Yang or whatever. Or what Jimmy O. Yang, yeah. yeah. Jimmy O. Yang, yeah. Yeah, they... Uh, you know, they're big investors in Jimmy O. Yang's. Yeah. Yeah. In that, like they recommend him. Yeah. Quite a bit. I know to numerous people, yeah. but yeah, anybody can, when someone tells me like, Oh, I got a special up on Amazon. It's like, I don't know that that could mean something. And it more than likely could mean nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd be better off too putting it on YouTube. Right. Much more exposure there. Yeah. 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 You just have the, anybody can access that. Whereas Amazon, you need to be a member, not to say that, tons of people aren't members but then you got to search it out and i don't know i think it's just youtube is more shareable and it's a better avenue where yeah amazon yeah i I don't know did you go to ellis's thing the other day i was hacking up along there was no way i was fair enough yeah yeah it was too uh like it would come in in spurts yeah so Thursday, I wouldn't have been able to, like last Thursday, I wouldn't have been able to record. We would have been talking and I would have had to go mute for 30 seconds to two minutes right. as I coughed and then come back and talk for who knows how long. Yeah. Friday, I was up and down. Saturday, I was down. Sunday, I was getting better. It's just like, it's been a roller coaster of... Damn. Yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah. it's, I mean, don't have a fever, didn't have nasal congestion, didn't have, but just when coughing fits would start, they're just, they're here for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. How you feeling about your bulls there, buddy boy? Uh, it's not looking good. I don't know what we should do. Matt had so much hope for this team at the beginning of the season. And they started out, seemed like, well. And well, now. I thought I thought legitimately we could be roughly what we were last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just look like we're a fucking mess. Watching games, man. Do you think it's the just the assembled players? What do you think it is? Um, I think not having Lonzo hurts us on the oh, so defensive side. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, plus, we're not a three-point shooting team, which last year didn't hurt us, and mm-hmm. this year is. But this should be the expected return of a team that doesn't shoot threes in the modern NBA. And last year was kind of anomalous. Um. So I think sad as it is, it's kind of par for the course. The worst part is there's already talks about extending Vooch, and I just don't understand that unless you're worried about losing the asset. But I don't know anybody that's willing to trade anything of merit for him. Right. So in this instance, yes, I agree more often than not with a team saying, well, we don't want to lose the asset. I don't know how much of an asset there is here. Yeah, yeah. So if we could get anything for him, I would do that. I am at this point just staring at it going, as much as I don't want to say it, I think we should blow it up. Wow. We have a top four protected pick that we're going to lose to Orlando. Yeah. So if we got women, Yama or scoot, well, suddenly we're a completely different team. I just don't think anybody's taking Zach Levine off of our hands. Mm-hmm. I think we could easily find a suitor for DeRozan. I think we could easily find a suitor yeah. for Caruso, potentially Vooch. If we package Vooch with somebody else, like a lot of people yeah. are saying, Oh, Lakers two unprotected plus Westbrook for Vooch and DeRozan. I don't know if the Lakers do that, to be perfectly honest at this point. Yeah. 
uh, just because Westbrook's been playing well for him, and they're really hesitant to trade both those first. But I, I would do that, even though the return on that is seven, you know, five and seven years away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Vooch coming up out of contract, and then DeRozan under a good contract, I think you get some for him, and then yeah. Caruso has a ton of trade value. I just don't know how great a return you get, but we would have 10 teams interested. Yeah. Yeah. And then Levine, I don't, I don't think anybody touches him just because of his contract. It's a monster contract. It is. And his knee issues yeah, look right. like potentially yes. they could be long-term just, yeah. he can play a couple games that need to sit. And then at his price point, that's yeah. a difficult pill to swallow, but hopefully it's just a one-year anomaly. I don't know though. I could see this front office sitting pat and not blowing up just because mm. they've invested so much into this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last front office had decades. Right, right. So maybe give these guys a little bit of time. But the Garpax, guys. Uh, yeah, the like Garpax situation. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Because we don't look good. You guys don't look good. No, we don't. Dude, please. I almost bought the League Pass because they had it 50% off for Black Friday. I was so close, but I was like, man. So I want to watch them lose every night. <laughs> like, why should I get this? It doesn't make any sense. But I mean, I was so close to it. I think if the Wizards had been in a better position and were kind of making a little bit of a run, I think I would have considered it. But not now. They're just not that good. It's, it's horrible. The irony is that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, please. The irony is what? The irony is there. You know, around here in Southern California, they're making such a big deal about the Lakers bouncing back. There's they're eleven. They're the same record. Oh no, they're terrible. That's what I'm saying. I don't what was all this hype about that LeBron's winning a few games with Anthony Davis? Like they're eleven and sixteen. They're five and five over their last ten. So what are we crawling about here? I it's just kind of yeah, hilarious. And those those wins were against the Spurs who are actively tanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they got and I'm not trying to denigrate the Lakers, but they got the luck of the draw on schedule plus if they were yeah. playing a team, that team had stars out. So then when they're playing stars like Boston looked like they might actually beat him. And then Boston beats him in, in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more of that just because you don't, ha- you don't have any shooters. Yeah. And your defense can be exceedingly porous. And uh, that is going to be a recipe for mediocrity. That's sitting at 12th, but yeah, I, you know, who knows? Curry looks like he might be out for a little while. So yeah. The Warriors are a uh, game under 500. I think they're 14 and 15. Um, so they might uh, tread water. And if the Lakers want a couple, maybe they could catch up. But I went through actually the entire Lakers schedule and assuming LeBron and AD play every game from yeah, here on, yeah. which is a hell of an assumption. Yeah. Uh, I think they end up 500 uh, through the rest of the year. So I think they end up four or five games under 500 by the end, roughly where they're at now. I went through and I was like, all right, so they take this one, lose this one. I just went through and just kept tally. Yeah. I was like, nope, I see them ending up four or five games under 500 if LeBron and AD play every game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big fucking F. That is a big F. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look at the, and they had won eight of their eight of 10 games there, and now they've just lost eight of 10 games. So it's like, yeah. And go look at the opponents on that eight of 10. Right. It's fully suspect. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Beal might have been missing on that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of um, course, of course. Yeah, we beat you guys without Beal. We also we crushed the Mavericks without Doncic. You'd be like, well, yeah, of course we crushed the Mavericks without Doncic. Um, 
<sighs> yeah. Whatever, man. It's all, it sucks. I, I, I hate that we keep tying Beale to this fucking anchor of a franchise, man. I just feel bad. Like, get the fuck out. I don't know why you stick around. Like, get the fuck out, man. Now, you got to, you got to shop Beal and Kuzma. Yeah. Kuzma has been, Kuzma's got value. Yeah. Cause I think his contract is like 14, 13, something like that, which is dirt cheap for a guy that does what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Monty Morris. This He's is, got value. You can get something for him. Yeah, Porzingis. Taj is on the fucking team. Taj, for God's sake. I like Taj. I've always had a soft spot for Taj. Yeah, but Taj is like 900 years old, dude. He is. But his game when he came into the league was 900 oh, years old. Oh, I loved Taj when he was with the Bulls playing. He was a good player, man. You're right yeah. about that. You're right about that. But he was never like super athletic. It was always yeah. grit and grind type of player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a- still can function. For I don't I don't think he has much trade value or anything, but That's what I'm saying, yeah. He's not yeah, like a full on lead weight pulling you guys down. <laughs> no. Hey, wh- why don't why don't we do ourselves a favor, take a quick break right here? Oh, yeah. And then we'll be back right after this with more bullshitting. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right. Added that in. Your turn to throw a topic in. Um Unless you want to get to our list now and do the last 30 minutes on the list. Sure. Let's do that. Okay. Sounds good. A little compromise because I'm All sure right. people aren't going to be happy with, uh, with today's bullshit. Session. Come on. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. All right. So it was older Hollywood. Older Hollywood. Yes. Um, so at 10, I've got Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, right. Shit. I didn't even think about that one. Fuck, that's a great choice, dude. Yeah, yeah which is nice choice. Basically, like a making of Nosferatu, <sighs> but if Nosferatu is real, like the actual yeah. vampire itself, who's played by Willem Dafoe, and the Malkovich is the insane director. I mean, it's it's basically an indictment of Hollywood itself. Yeah, because spoiler, Nosferatu kills some people, <laughs> and the director just keeps going like, "We got to get the shot." I don't give a shit. Yeah. You're all collateral damage for this film hmm. and the mania of all of it around it. And nobody knows that he's a vampire until much later on. Yeah. So they all think he's just some amazing committed method actor, uh, which is great too. Yeah. Um, but you got a solid cast, you know, uh, Defoe, yeah. uh, Malkovich, uh, Eddie Izzard. Yes. In a nice role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd have to look up the cast beyond that. Those are the first three that jumped to mind off the top of my head. Who's the girl? Do you remember who the girl I is? don't. That's who I was trying to think of as I... Um, was it uh, German actress? Yeah, guesses. Is it, was it the German actress? Um, the one that... It is not a German was it actress. Downfall? No? Okay. Um, Let me look up. She might have been in Downfall. I highly doubt it. No, Catherine McCormack... Yeah, so she's from uh, Braveheart, right? Yeah, she's from Braveheart. That is right. Greta Carrie, is the main female lead. Carrie Elwes is in this. Wow, I forgot about that. Yes, as the dashing lead, playing yeah. a hero, and it's not much of a hero in real life. Malkovich is great in the film, though. He's absolutely great in the film as the director. Uh, well, it just said that he's lying to everyone the whole time about yeah. the entire situation. Yeah, and he plays the mania of someone just so obsessed with getting the outcome they want. Right. Um. But yeah, Shadow of the Vampire. That's my number ten. 
Nice. What's your nine? Uh, my nine is the aviator. Oh, a punt. That's a punt. All right. Fair enough. What's your eight? Uh, eight is Mank. Uh, that's a punt. Fucking eight. What's wrong with you? Nine. All right. Uh, how, how often are you going to go back and rewatch Mank? I've seen it three yourself. times now, dude. I love Mank. That's, no, you, you, it's Citizen Kane. It's because of Citizen Kane. That's why. You value your time a little bit less than I do, and that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> My number 10 is Ed Wood. That's a point. Dude, are, do you like movies? Do you enjoy going to movies and watching movies? Not shitty ones that he makes in the film. Excellent ones. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and then my number nine is Chaplin. Oh, I didn't even think about Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a I, good that one, one. That Downing. one got I got that one got on the list late. And I was like, oh right, right, Chaplin. So yeah. Love this movie. Downey Jr. is great in the film. And the film itself, it's it's a little dated when you watch it. But for me, it holds up because I have the nostalgia of how much I enjoyed it and how much I was like championing Robert Downey Jr. as an actor, even though this was, I think, during the substance abuse years. I still I just was always like, God, can he when does he, you know, break out? And yeah. how is this guy who was on SNL and played the jerk in those 1980s movies? How is he playing Chaplin? So, you know, it was that time where Tom Hanks was doing serious movies. So it was uh, cool to see Downey Jr. doing that. And I think it's a pretty expansive film. There's a, it's a hell of a cast all across the board uh, for it. And I think it still holds up, you know, him and Hopkins have some nice chemistry as he's the older chaplain having the conversation with him. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. I never thought he'd be able to pull it off. And then you see it and you're like, boy, he's pulling off chaplain. Yeah. It makes you wonder like, where the fuck is that guy? Let's, let's find that guy for God's sakes. <laughs> Um, and then my number eight is being the Ricardos. <clears throat> okay, go for it. Yeah, I liked this movie. I, I think it got a little bit. People are like, "Oh, it's a prime movie and a prime video movie," and I'm just like, hey, "It's still good. It's still very well directed." Really enjoyed Nicole. And look, I went in. I was like, "She's not fucking Lucy," and I went. In, I was like, "She really embodied Lucy." And I thought Javier Bardem also doesn't look a damn thing like Ricky Ricardo or sorry Desi Arnaz. And he was great. No, he doesn't. <laughs> as Desi Arnaz and Ricky Ricardo were doing the scenes. Yeah, that was the tougher stretch for me. Yeah, yeah. And then the two, and then um, J.K. Simmons was great as Fred, mm-hmm. the character, the actor, William Frawley, I think the actor's name is. And then um, the woman who played uh, Ethel, she was great as well. There was some real dialogue, emotional stuff going on, but also like some harsh truths about Hollywood. As you know, pro woman or pro diversity, you can be. There's still some harsh truths about how someone has to shine more than the other. How someone, you know, have to one has to watch their weight, one doesn't. One has to worry about money, all those kinds of things. Cheating. What's the truth? What's not the truth? Fudging some stuff from your past, like happened in old Hollywood. And so, um, I thought they tackled all of that really well in this movie. I just think a lot of people didn't give it a chance and it's, it's very enjoyable. And it's, it's a brisk film. Like you're in and out before you know it in a film like this. So Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is singing in the rain. Ooh. So this is the one. Okay. That's the one where I'm like, they shot it in the fifties. It's about the transition. Makes the cut. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like, could be 28 years. Could be 32 years. I don't think there's a definitive timeline in that one. Right. Agreed. Agreed. What's your six? Uh, my six is uh, here's the one. If you want to take issue, that's fine. Okay. Um, the nice guys, because it's set in Hollywood, but they go to that producer's party. 
No, it's the seventies, dude. This is 2022. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just how much Hollywood is it? Cause it's, it's about a porn actress, but at the yeah, same time, like they're trying to make a film that exposes, and then they, they there's the Hollywood party scene that gets tied into yeah, it. Yeah, and there's this yeah. weird crossing to me. That was more than like boogie nights. Cause boogie nights is the Valley and that's totally right. Different. Right. Right. And that's uh, not fucking Hollywood. That's porn. That's a different situation in my, yeah. opinion, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it also, it's like, that's the Valley. That's yeah. the Valley's well, yeah. movie. That is that not is Hollywood's well. movie. Whereas nice guys, it's set in Hollywood. They're dancing around. Like it's, yeah. it's, I think it's skirting the line. Right. Right. So if, if, you or anybody else is like, I don't think that really counts. Be like, hey, yeah, yeah, I would hear an argument against. No, because it's set in the seventies, and the film was made in the what twenty fifteen or something. So yeah, I think it still counts or twenty eighteen, whatever it was. So I think it totally counts. So yeah, so it's yeah, just they have a little bit of the porny element as well. Oh yeah, but that's only when they go to the. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like parties. <laughs> and the, the film, film that they're to trying to hunt down yeah. that exposes the the underbelly of of big uh, auto auto in this yeah. country yeah is a porn film but it's also one that they've laced with the actual things that detroit is trying to do to bury certain uh yeah uh upgrades to it's like anti-smog yeah. that they didn't want to pay for uh upgrading their cars to take care of that stuff so it's that laced in there but then they go like it's the talk of the town. It's almost more like the green door that that one oh, behind the that, green door. Yeah, yeah, yeah behind yeah. the green door that elevated above that yeah. people looked at it as it's a film that has sex in it. Yeah, as opposed to movies that just got made purely for the sex. Yeah, at least that's according to the movie that I saw with the uh, Estevez <laughs> slash the Estevez brothers, but hey, the yo. Estevez slash Sheen uh, combo. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly good movie. Yeah. I, I like them as a duo after men at work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. Okay. Uh, but the chemistry between Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, I, I wish this thing had done well enough to where we could have a follow-up because this is an amazing buddy cop. This is where Shane Black exists best. Yeah. This kind of stuff. No, I mean, his Iron Man three is okay. And certainly some people hate it. Yeah. But you got kiss, kiss, bang, bang. That's what I'm saying. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Nice guys. This is where he exists best. In the smaller stuff with two dudes and a female lead trying to figure out a situation. Um, and he's great. I mean, he's great when he directs those smaller stuff. His script gets to shine. It makes sense for the audience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't push himself. Um, and I think you, it, like his Predator was god awful. And so it's like, okay, stop. Oh, yeah. no, no more studio money for you. That's Focus so on stupid. Small shit, you know? yeah. I hated that movie. I know. It was horrific, man. Yeah, horrific. It was so bad. Yeah. Like, what um, the fuck? What? You're having a woman wake up in a room full of dudes with weapons. Like, you think this is fucking what? What are you doing? Like, it just was so weird. Oh, I I hated it just because it's like, uh, you know, it's you know, it's fucking more badass than a predator, <laughs> a fucking super predator. Like, that's really the idea. That's the idea. It's oh, star bitch. killer base. Like, we're okay. That's what we're doing. All right. Pitch. That's the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah. Star Killer, I was actually okay with. Yeah, and still am. Um, um, all right, where are we at? My, that was uh, that was my six. What do you okay. got? So my seven is my favorite year. Okay, go for it. Oh, I love this movie. So one of my favorite nineteen eighties staples. It's a nostalgic film. <clears throat> this one's set uh, back in the um, Sid Caesar days, your show of show days, uh, with Mark Lynn Baker from Perfect Strangers, 
having to take care of Peter O'Toole, who's playing essentially like an Errol Flynn guy actor who is now like down on his luck. He's doesn't have a good relationship with his daughter. He's drunk. Um, but he was a hero of this guy, Marklin Baker growing up. So they assign him to take care of this guy for the whole week while he is supposed to be showing up and doing the sketches and all of that for the show, for the show. Meanwhile, the guy who is in charge of the show played by, Oh God, Joseph Bologna. Mm -hmm. He is, um, he's run afoul of one of the, of the local mob guy legitimately. So they, so he is being now tracked and he's nervous that he might get killed during the show. So add to his paranoia already um that he already has as a performer that everybody's always trying to take something then you add on the fact that this there's a legitimate mob crew coming after him and then you throw in a drunken or washed up actor who wants to still capture his old days it's a very fun and sweet and well-written movie and um i just i love it and it's set back in the 50s as i said and it came out in the 1980s so it qualifies and I had to put it on my list because I just love the movie so much. And if you guys have never seen it, trust me, if you like old nostalgic 80s films, give it a shot. I think you'll like it for sure. Um, all right. So then my number six is the punt from earlier, The Aviator. Okay. So not too much of a punt, no, but a little no. bit of a punt. It, it was, again, another late edition. Like I was just kind of rolling through people's lists on IMDb and stuff like, have I forgotten anything? Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, shit, totally. The Aviator is fucking good. And should qualify for the top 10 list. So, yeah, good movie, right? I mean, like, this is not DiCaprio quite. Yeah, I wish he would do it. I wish he'd done it like five, six years later. A hundred percent agree with you. It's yeah. like Cruz in Born on the Fourth of July. I know people nominated him, and I know, I think Cruz doing that movie five years later fucking nails it. Na- Magnolia Cruz nails Ron Cohen. And I think the same thing here. I think you're absolutely right. DiCaprio five years later would have killed this house. Yeah, he's like he's he's not quite there for me. He's still in a role like this. Um, yeah, precisely. Uh, but I I love it for its ambition. Like Scorsese really went for it Mm -hmm. because it's a hell of a story to tell. Anyway, Howard Hughes' life almost doesn't make sense. Yeah, really. Yeah, Uh, it's just when you look at it, it's like at twenty two, he's shooting producing and directing and shooting films that he's financing yeah and then gets into uh airlines and then has a full-on fight with the u.s government and another airline because they're aligned it's not full u.s government but you know what i mean it's a senator uh aligned with another airline this is all true story yeah and and that's where it cuts off like after he flies the spruce goose and then basically proving that he wasn't just stealing money from the government. Yeah. Um, that's what, and Howard Hughes's life continues to be strange. Yeah. Or unique. Let's put it that way. Uh, thereafter, because he becomes an, a shut in, a recluse all over again. There's all kinds of legendary stories about him too, during the back half of his life. All yeah. When, when he was living in Vegas. Yeah. All kinds of people claim that they like ran into him and had a night with him or, you know, met him out in the w- weird place somewhere and had a whole like kind of interaction with him. So yeah, there's all of that kind of stuff for him. But then you look at him as the young guy and just, yeah. he dates Hepburn. He yeah. dates, like, it's he, crazy. Yeah. The murderer's row of Hollywood starlets. And be like, Ava yeah, Gardner. And then uh, 
Who did uh, Gwen Stefani play? Was it Carol Lombard or Myrna Loy? One of the two. Uh, I don't think it was either of those. Either one of those? Okay. Let me let me look it up real quick. I know. I I, I thought it was Carol Lombard. You're right. Maybe it's somebody else. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kate Blanchett plays Catherine Hepburn. Right. She won the Oscar for that. That's right. Yeah. uh, She plays Jean Harlow. Jean Harlow. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 Ava Gardner, Jean Harlow. It's like it's bananas. Yeah, it's a great crew of actors. I mean, whatever you feel about Baldwin, he's fantastic in the movie. Uh, he's great in the movie. Yeah. Right. Are you Riley's, saying as a person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Riley. As good. a producer, I'm not a fan. <laughs> him in this movie, no one should be a fan of him as a producer, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um, John C. Riley is good as well. I love John C. Riley, so he's good in the movie. Kind of like his right hand man, right in the movie. Yeah, he ends up taking over the day to day operations of the airline and all that stuff as yeah, yeah. Hughes becomes consumed with like getting the spruce goose off the ground, yeah, and stuff like that. And, and that guy uh, who plays his competitor, oh no, no, he works for him, but then I think he becomes his competitor. Matt Ross, the guy who plays uh, in Silicon Valley, the guy who runs the um, company that they're always going up against. He's good in the movie as well. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um Yeah. Yeah, just a couple years later, and I think DiCaprio crushes this and gets his yeah. first Oscar. Hundred percent agree with you, man. hundred percent. Um, all right, so we're getting to our fives. What's your five? Uh my five was one off your text, which I hadn't thought of, which is who framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, that is my five. Yes, absolutely. Uh a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um Still kind of surprised that they haven't had any kind of reboot or update of that, of all all things, because it just seems like a no-brainer project if Disney's going to keep doing this. Totally true. Which I don't know if you're watching Willow, but I'm only two in, and it's it's a slog through two so far. I heard the most recent one is better, but yeah, it's a slog. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think I've seen three. Oh, yeah. The last, the third episode was not that good. That was a, that was a tough watch. I haven't yet seen the newest. Uh, yeah. I think I might be out, even if the fourth is good. It's just like this has been. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the moon. You know what I mean? Yes. But yeah. I, 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 not this. But a star, maybe a star. Not the moon, but maybe a star. Maybe a star. I, I don't know. A compelling character, someone I can root for. You like the blonde. I, the blonde actress in um, the matrix, not this way, not yeah, like this, not like this. Yeah. Obviously they're setting up a Laura Dannon for that, but uh, yeah. so far through three, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, the first two are just basically spinning its wheels and the third one is getting a little bit of traction, but still it's like, I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'll be curious. I'll, I'll wait for the rest of it to come out. And then if people are like, it ends great. Okay. I'll pick it back up. Yeah. But yeah, Who Framed is so good. I mean, Bob Hoskins, uh, once again, I mean, Bob Hoskins is way more versatile than people give him credit for as an actor. And he's so good here and as Eddie Valiant and the back and forth with working with, a, a, you know, an animated character. I mean, it's, it's so well done. And then the Kathleen Turner aspect of it all and Christopher Lloyd is so good. And the story itself, this idea that this guy wants to, in essence, kill cartoons, kill animation, kill fun, kill joy. And is willing to do it. A true villain who's willing to kind of try to kill joy. So, yeah, well, a lot he, more darker than you think. A lot more darker. 
Well, he's the worst, worst because he's betraying himself. Right, exactly. So this film works on a number of levels, really, honestly, if you were to sit yeah. down and analyze it. It's, n- it's nice and dark, too, for a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, what's your four? My number four is Barton Fink, which I don't think made your list. It never will make any list of mine. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to take a shot. I'm just saying. It's Cohen Brothers. Yes. True. It's a very interesting. It's it's one of the ones where I think you get rewarded for watching it more than once. Okay. Um, which I still need to convince myself to do for Hail Caesar. Oh. I have gone back for scenes in Hail Caesar, but I haven't gone back to sit down from point A and go all the way through. I only watch the Clooney scenes in Caesar. Uh, I like the the Clooney scenes. I like um, the Ray Fine scenes. I oh, like. right, right. I do occasionally watch. That's right. Yeah, That's him right. as the director. It's what did it were? Yeah, I would that it were. I would that it were. But he's getting that uh, the star foisted upon him, and there's nothing he can do about it because he's a studio director. Oh, so good. And he's doing a hoity-toity period piece. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a period piece. I guess it's more of the time, given given yeah. when the film is set. Um. Yeah, I go back for those very specifically. Yeah, the Channing Tatum, Scarlett Johansson stuff I would cut. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and I like Josh Brolin is the no nonsense studio. He's head. actually good, and so's Tilda. Him and Tilda do a yeah. nice job when they're going back and forth. I agree. There's a real nice like you're watching a tennis match with those two. It's really good. You're right. Yeah, just, I, just I don't know. Yeah, just a little work. But Barton Fink, excellent casting. Mm. Leguizamo and Goodman have the biggest parts. Uh, and then you got like a, a John Mahoney and I don't know. In essence, it's he's uh, like, uh, 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 Totoro. Thank you. I think I just said Leguizamo. Didn't yeah. I, I was just going to say, I don't remember Leguizamo yeah. in the movie. No, so no, no, no. It's Totoro. <laughs> um, so Totoro is like this acclaimed playwright and then decides Hollywood offers him a boatload of money to come out here and yeah. write movies and he comes out here and he's just struggling to accomplish it and meanwhile he's staying in a hotel and yeah. his neighbor is awfully chummy <laughs> and the interaction between the two of them and him as he reaches out to to Mahoney because Mahoney is also a former acclaimed playwright who came out to Hollywood to to write movies and whatnot but it's the back and forth with Goodman and then the twist at the end of that that I think just sucks me in because I, that's an instance where it's like, okay, what from the very first time I saw it, I was like, what are they trying to tell me here? What is this a metaphor or an allegory for? I don't know. And then you watch it a second time. You're like, okay, well it could be these things. And you watch it a third. And uh, I, yeah, I think it's just, it's very rewatchable for me. Not as much as other Coen's, but Coen's still have a general ability to get me to rewatch their movies quite a bit. I've come to the conclusion that every John Goodman character is actually related to every other John Goodman character in the Coen Brothers universe. It's kind of like with Gary Sinise, when like in Forrest Gump, when you're seeing the different generations of his family die in different wars, mm-hmm. uh, I feel that way about John Goodman in the Coen universe. Like the Barton Fink guy is I'd maybe say- the the guy who's like who's the dad of the guy in um. I'd say he's close to the old brother. Oh, brother. By yeah. Salesman. Yeah. 
They're very similar. And then like two generations down is the dude in Raising Arizona. You know, it's like they're all I feel like they're all kind of related in a certain way. Like it's a whole lineage. Like the all Could those be. characters. In my mind, it's all just, you know, in my mind how I look at it because there's such outlandish characters in every single one of the films that he's oh and then the lebowski guy right yeah and the lebowski guy shit i forgot about the lebowski guy that's where i thought you were getting to eventually oh yeah no you're right the lebowski guy is a part of this too so maybe the lebowski guy yeah because i mean raising arizona's 80s lebowski's 90s maybe they're fucking twins i don't know it's just a, it's an interesting idea though I, I was messing around with it the other day thinking i could make it work um Anyway, yeah, I, I, you know what? I will, I will make myself see that film again because I mean it's been so long that maybe there are things that didn't work for me when I saw it way back when that now would actually appeal to me. Having lived in Hollywood, having been a part of this, having been a part of that crazy town for so long, maybe there's elements of it that actually would work much better for me now. So I don't know. Well, in your Pepsi coffin, we'll just put an LED <laughs> screen in there and we'll play it on loop. Play it on repeat. And you just watch as many times as you like. <laughs> um, plus, he's writing a film on pro wrestling, so you think I would like it, you know? But no. Well, he's getting forced to, and then he... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Mank, the punt from earlier. Seems a bit high, but okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I mean, it seems a sk- just a skosh high. I love this movie. I really do. Gary Oldman's fantastic in this film. The guy who got, they got to play Orson Welles, a British dude. He's great as Orson Welles. And that's a tough imitation. Not many people have been able to do it successfully. Very true. You know, like D'Onofrio is good in it, in Ed Wood. And the, the me and Orson Welles movie, it almost made the cut. That actor plays Orson Welles really well. But what about uh, RKO, the lead Schreiber? I thought he was okay leave i thought he was okay for wells i think he got the voice but the presence of wells it's just a different animal just a different animal i don't know if uh leave 100 percent nailed that um but yeah i mean i think in mank um gary oldman so and amanda seafried jesus christ this was watching her in this movie was like a little bit of an appetizer even though she got nominated for this for what you were going to get in the dropout like it was like mm-hmm. oh okay this woman can fucking act like legitimately fucking act you know so um when i saw her in the dropout i was like this is this is a star it's a fucking talent this is you know beyond like this idea of oh she's an ingenue she's a fucking talent you know so seeing her in this both of those uh, projects she was great so yeah i like mank i like the vibe of it like the pace of it i'm a big fan of um god her names now slip out of my mind all the time the dude from west wing the guy writer a a a a what's his name Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's, well, I guess I got to look it up cause I'm old. Uh, 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 Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin. That's it. I'm a big fan of Sorkin. Um, and, uh, Fincher. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Fincher. I'm a big fan of Fincher. Sorkin didn't write this. I was thinking, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, this is a Sorkin. I don't remember sorry, that, but okay. No, I'm a big fan of Fincher. I love Fincher and all the stuff he does. So, um, this just works for me, you know, cause I'm like huge. Plus it's, it's uh, around citizen Kane and the, the William Randolph Hearst stuff, you know, Charles Dance playing that character so well. So, so much of it just kind of works for me. It's kind of weird too. It's like a fever dream of a movie, which I, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, as Oldman's character is going through things, the movie kind of reflects the state of his being. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. What's your three? 
Uh, my three is L.A. Confidential. Ooh, that's a punt. How dare okay. you? Just spit in my face, why don't you? Um, At three? Okay. <laughs> Seems excessive as a reaction, but all right. <laughs> my three is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's called a punt. Yeah, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. All right, mm-hmm. what's your two? Uh, my two is Ed Wood because it should be <laughs> in your top high. five. That seems high. That does not seem high. Yours seems categorically low. <laughs> Ed Wood is note for note pitch perfect. <laughs> wow. wow. Pitch perfect. Well, I'm just saying the performances that they got, the choices they made on the casting, mm. the shooting it in black and white. Uh, smart. I, I think it it all works so beautifully. Martin Landau just crushes his Bella oh, Lugosi. Landau's great. It, it further cemented Johnny Depp being able to play just a wide variety. This wasn't yeah. your normal Tim Burton fair. Yeah. This is more a real life eccentric character yeah. as opposed to, you know, a, a Grim Brothers tale come to life type of situation. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray steals every scene that he's in effortlessly. Yeah. Oh my God. The baptism scene. Do you reject Christ? Sure. Sure. <laughs> so good. And to choose to make a picture, there it is. Okay. a biopic about a guy who's ostensibly made one of the worst films, according to popular consensus in the history of Hollywood, multiple worst films, but yes. So yeah. Well, plan even, nine being yeah. Yeah. before the room, there was plan nine <laughs> and plan nine was that for 50 years before yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. So room comes along. just like, all right, well then now there's, Hold yeah, there's competition at the top, <laughs> but it had been decades upon decades. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like uh, when the, the pro wrestler character walks through that door and hits it and it shakes the whole set. Yeah. Yeah. George, and yeah. they're stopping and Ed knows he doesn't have the money right. to shoot it again. And he's just like, yeah, that's a problem he would deal with in life. And they're like, yeah, that's not well, the issue that we're bringing up here. Yeah, yeah. I love watching Bella struggle with the monster in the water, but he oh, has yeah. to move all the tentacles because they can't afford to have the motors and all that stuff because I believe they stole the prop from another movie. Yeah. And he's just wallowing around in the water. Oh, hey! <laughs> it's played for great laughs and in no way does it demean the characters. He's yeah. just trying to tell like this sliver of this overall absurd story. I think it's a flawless movie. And anyway, it should be much higher on your list. That's my number two. What do you have at two? Uh, I have uh, Singing in the Rain at two, which is where it belongs, way at the top. I mean, the greatest musical ever made, uh, top to bottom. And there are no arguments. And oh, there's a lot of arguments. Uh, please. <laughs> and, Coming from a guy that doesn't watch musicals, there's a lot of arguments. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But what a perform! I mean, I I went back and watched some scenes just because you know whenever I think about it, I want to put it on. And my girlfriend's not a musicals person either, so I I have to sneak off into my room to watch them sometimes. And I I just really love the stuff, the energy of that film so well. The honesty between him and Debbie Reynolds, Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds, so sweet. Don, Donald O'Connor playing the best friend. Moses supposes is one of the most fantastic, fantastically shot musical numbers that are all in one room. It's all in one room. And it works so well, the energy, the vibrancy, the joy, all of that. And then, you know, you get to singing in the rain, which is one of the most sweetest expressions of like first love that you're ever going to see on screen 
coming through in his dancing, coming through in his smile. His jo- I mean, Kelly, for all his meticulousness and really his kind of drill sergeant approach to dancing, which everyone talks about who worked with him because he wanted to get it right. He had such a joy that could come through in the screen when you were watching him dance and watching him perform. Really, it's, it's no one was built to do something more, maybe, aside from maybe Jordan, than uh, Dean Kelly was born to dance and be in a musical. That's an interesting comparison because all the stories you hear from Gene Kelly where he was a prick, like yeah, a colossal, because, yeah. monumental prick. Just like Jordan. Just like yeah, Jordan. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, that's not a bad comparison yeah. because he has that smiling and dancing on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And then behind it, it's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he was out to prove something. He was not your standard dancer, the the skinny guy like Fred Astaire or others who came before him. And so he's more of a, a in comparison, more of a wider guy. A, a yeah, yeah, he's guy. more of a man's man type. Yeah, man's man type approach. So he had to like he had that. Plus, he he was in the navy. He'd come from the military, so he had a, a certain approach. Um, and he'd been trained as a dancer all his life uh, in Pittsburgh. So coming into this film I, I you know and he taught debbie how to dance uh with anchors away he taught sinatra how to dance and so he had this kind of fish and so when in the movie there's just a joy and exuberance um and it really celebrates old hollywood and the son of a bitch threw in like a nine minute you know musical vignette that had no dialogue in it just to kind of test out how audiences would be would be reacting to that and then threw a 16 minute one into american in paris which won best picture so I just I just really enjoy the hell out of this movie. And it's so and I I have it in 4K and it's beautiful in 4K. Just beautiful. Yeah, I mean I will say, look, it made my list, and I think it's a testament to how good it is as mm-hmm. a guy that doesn't watch musicals or seek them out. Good I think point. it's I think it's still very entertaining. It's just at the bottom of my list because I don't know how I mean I would watch yeah. it again if somebody was throwing it on, but I'm never gonna throw it on again. I just wanted to watch it to kind of see it. Yeah, yeah. Just like course. American in Paris. I, I like singing on the right better than American in Paris. Fair enough. Um I think it's just got better numbers yeah. overall. Oh, no. I, I, yeah, I think Singing in the Rain is the better musical. I think American in Paris is the better film. That's what I would say. American in Paris' story is more relatable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas Singing in the Rain is about, oh, the transition to talking films, and then we were making a silent one, and then we have this actress we want to get rid of, but yeah. we can't and all this stuff because she sucks at singing, Yeah, uh, which wasn't a problem until right now because of the jazz singer. Right. right. Um, yeah. But and I, there's I elements think- of that in Babylon, just to let you guys know. There's elements of that in Babylon as well, which I think are really well done. Um, okay, so our number uh, our number ones are opposites, but I think they're both our number threes. Correct, Mundo. So, go ahead, my man. Uh, Once upon a time in the Hollywood. I just rewatched it again. You did, uh, huh? Okay. I the I think yes, Brad Pitt wins the Oscar. I think DiCaprio is the best thing in that movie, dude. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, is so good in the film. I mean, Pitt is damn good. No he's lie. damn good. No lie. Look, no he, lie. he was my number one hunk on our full metal bracket. <laughs> I like Brad Pitt. I think, he's, I, I, I think I've seen, yeah. outside of Ben Button and Tree of Life, I think I've seen everything else he's ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are the only two that I haven't seen. Ben Button, I was just never intrigued by. Tree of Life is Malik, and I was like, Mount. I, I, that was a no, easy no-brainer. How dare you? Uh, is it a meandering story that may or may not have a point? There you go. I'm fine with that with certain directors. Malik, I'm not. Of seeing a Malik film. What's that? I think you misunderstand the assignment of seeing a Malik film. I, I'm trying I to find the, the point. Look, 
P.T. Anderson can make something like The Master or Phantom Thread, yeah. I'm sure. here for it. Yeah, no. I know. Malik Tree of Life just... takes you all the way to the existence, to the uh, Big Bang. That's He goes all the way back to the Big Bang. In and I'm sure he made that dull. That's the thing. <laughs> How dare you? He did not. The creation of the universe. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. I wish I loved him because it seems like it'd be right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. I like um, it because I know what I'm getting. I go... I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this, but I know I'm going to have a really fucking great time watching it. It's like Bardo. I, you know, I haven't done, I haven't, I put up somewhat of a review on social media about Bardo. I loved Bardo and it's going to make my top 10 of the year because it is a Latino version of Malik. It is, Inaritu just absolutely in a crossroads as a director, kind of like eight and a half with Fellini. And he is just having these tangential situations. Yeah, but that looks wild and interesting and, Hmm. kind of uh, like a dreamscape yeah, yeah, yeah. at yeah. times from the, the trailer and like, okay. Whereas Malik is just, yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking of thin red line. It's like, uh, stand uh, kneeling down in the tall grass as the wind whisp, you know, whips it behind me. And I stare longingly into a sunset. And then we do a flashback of me on better <laughs> days. And like, I don't give a fuck about this character. I don't give a fuck about this flash. You're talking about World War II, which is catnip for any dude, by and large. Very true. And I am bored out of my fucking skull. (laughs) Oh, that is, yeah, I wish. I wish. Um, All right, let's move on. We got a hundred. We got like, we're uh, Yeah, but DiCaprio, DiCaprio with the little girl when he's trying to read his book. So good. You're going to be living it in 15 years. (laughs) Still is good. And then him trying to do the lines and then getting pissed at himself going into his trailer. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yelling at himself. He just had to have, I can't remember if they were uh, gin and tonics or what the fuck he drank the night before. Tom Collins. Yeah. But he's yelling at himself for having, you know, you had to have seven of them, didn't you? Didn't you? You couldn't stop at two. And then he cuts to the next scene and he pulls out his flask and he starts (laughs) to take a sip and he's, God damn it. And he opens his door and throws the flat. It's uh, the, he, is so good. Yeah, yeah. And then they go back onto set, and he delivers that scene where he throws the girl on the ground, and then it cuts, and the guy's talking to him, and he's like, oh, that's amazing. How did you come up with the director? And the little girl comes up to him, and she's like, that was the best acting I've ever seen, and he's just... <laughs> oh, dude. Killing me. I know. It's a oh, good film. Up until so the end. good. I love the movie. That's I, why see, I love the end too. Just yeah. like this is already a fever dream. Yeah. So might as well go full bore. And then to see Rick Dalton get everything he wants with the Sharon Tate comes on right. you know, the, right, the right. loudspeaker and invites him up. Uh, yeah. And the Bruce Lee stuff is Brad Pitt's imagination. Right. 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 Full on. None of that happened. That is None him yeah. creating an excuse as to why he's not allowed on the set. Right. Oh, I kicked the shit out of Bruce Lee. Did you? Or are you just an asshole that only re- the Dalton likes? Yeah. Just like Hollywood people. He's kind of lying about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's 100% it's, lying to himself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, you yeah, know, it's incredibly well written. And the, everything up until the ending, I am a huge fan of. Like everything up until the ending is fucking great. The scene with the the Manson compound shit and uh, Bruce Dern, all of that with Dakota Fanning and uh, what's her face from uh, Susan Strain's daughter. Ma- Ma- I forget her name, but she's so good in the role. Um, yeah, everything all the way up to the end. So that's the only reason why it's three. 
Um, so then my one is LA Confidential because fucking hell, I love LA Confidential from top to bottom. It's incredibly well written. Um, the uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. The the betrayal scene with uh, James Cromwell and Kevin Spacey is so resonant. Him them beating yeah. up Danny DeVito tied to the fucking chair, which is scary as hell. Uh, yeah, DeVito's like, yeah, you didn't have to make it look. You know, you got to pull your punches. Somebody got to <laughs> teach this guy and be like, well, you don't know what's coming, do you? You have no idea. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> And Russell, I mean, Russell is like a caged animal through that whole movie, man. He is scary as fuck in that film, dude. Yeah. I've never felt that vibe when I watch him in a movie since. Like, since he's been strong, he's good. But, like, that's pure menace. He took his romper stomper and just pulled out a Nazi. Just put it it in a suit. A barely fit, a suit that barely fit. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, and Basinger is fantastic. Guy Pierce is so good, and the story, the scope of the story, and it's a mystery that they're trying to figure out legitimately throughout the movie. And when you find out what who is involved and everybody's involved, you're like, "Holy shit, man! This is absolutely a Hollywood tale." And I mean, them hanging the fucking DA guy out the window—that's fucking awesome. So I get and very honestly, satisfied. Something, something from that time where, when you see in other movies like a Lethal Weapon or something, it's yeah. done for effect. I actually believe something like that could have happened in this town. Oh yeah. 100%. In the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. It's kind of why I like Perry Mason. Uh, Perry Mason does a nice job of kind of evoking that same vibe the first season. Talking about the, Oh yeah. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. really good. I yeah. shit. Uh I knew where that church was and I Oh, wow. It's in Echo Park. Oh, okay. So we went down to uh the actual park itself whenever you're watching like some sporting event from Los Angeles. Eventually, they're going to show you Echo Park, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. little lake area type of thing. It's right next to that. Oh, okay. Shit. All right. I didn't know that. Uh, they dropped the trailer for season two already. It looks fucking great. Oh, really? I'm, dude, I didn't know that. What? I'm jazzed. I thought yeah. season one was great. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our separate lists. You want to put it together? You want to roll on out of here? What do you want to do? You um, make the decision this time. I made the all decision. All right. Let, let's put it together real quick. Oh. Let me flip for number one. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. I don't have the bongos in front of me, so we have to use the desk. All right. LA Confidential takes it. Hey, once upon a time is next. Okay. Uh, we have who framed at five apiece. I have singing in the rain at two. Yeah, I I've got that at seven. Okay, okay. Mank um, is my four. That's my eight. Okay, Ed Wood so is my two. You're what? Ten. Yeah. So we're moving who framed up? Yeah, we'll do Who Framed, mm-hmm. and then um, you say, singing what's your two? two nine, singing in the Rain? Two, nine, two, nine. Two, seven. All right, so Singing in the Rain. Okay. Um, I would say Ed Wood, then Mank. Okay. Um, then we have The Aviator. Yeah, I have it at nine. You have it at six? Yes, yes. All right, so the aviator. Now we're just doing what's your tops. I got my four. Um, I do not, so go ahead. All right. I don't have anything until seven, so if you've got stuff before that, put it on the list. I do? All right, what's your seven? Because that now makes it on. My favorite year. All right, and there it is. That's all. uh, That's one through ten. All right, let's do this. The top 10 movies about older Hollywood. Yeah. At number 10. My favorite year. At number nine. The Nice Guys. At number eight. Barton Fink. At number seven. The Aviator. At number six. Mank. 
At number five. Ed Wood. At number four. Singing in the Rain. At number three. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. At number two. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And our number one movie about older Hollywood is... Is L.A. Confidential. Rolo Tomasi, you sons of bitches. Um, all right, there you go. That's our list, and that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it madly. Uh, Matt, uh, what else do we have to tell them? Uh, you can follow the show at Top 10 Show on Twitter. It's all spelled out. Otherwise, on YouTube and Instagram, it's forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. You could head to patreon.com forward slash the Top 10 with the number 10 and join us over there. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out my other show, Settle the Score. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts. Otherwise, you can go to youtube.com forward slash Matt Nose to watch it over there. And that is it for me this week. Yeah, you can follow me at The Roca Says, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. My YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. We just crossed 25,000 subscribers. So come aboard if you haven't done that yet. And my other podcast, The Cinephiles and The Hot Mic. All right. Thanks, you guys. Y'all take care of yourselves. Have a great holiday, Christmas, whatever you're going to do with this week. Enjoy yourselves, have fun, and spend time with family and friends. Or if you want to be alone, spend time with that. And if you're feeling down, put on one of our shows. We, I guarantee you we'll make you laugh and we'll pick up your spirits uh, this holiday season. So please do that if you need it. All right, take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace. Bye-bye. Ooh.